Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. The right workspace is more than just square footage. It's an incubator of achievement, a magnet for talent. Your workforce unleashed. For 160 years, Savills has been bringing real intelligence to global real estate, ensuring not just any space, but the perfect workspace. Because the most important dimension of a building is the human one. Savills. See what Savills can do for you at Savills.us. The Forbes interview is brought to you by WordPress.com. WordPress powers 27% of all websites, including Forbes blogs. Get 15% off your new website today at WordPress.com slash Forbes. That's WordPress.com slash Forbes. This is the Forbes interview on Podcast One. And I'm your host, Steve Bertoni. On this show, I'll do deep dive interviews with billionaires, entrepreneurs, and influencers. These are the faces you see on the cover of Forbes. And if they aren't in the cover, they easily could be. Hey, everybody. We have an awesome show today. I am here with the CEO of Phil's Coffee, Jacob Jaber. And Phil's is a coffee chain that's been a mainstay in San Francisco for a decade or two or more. Um, And they're going to take over the country. And Jacob is going to tell me about that. So, Jacob, thank you so much for coming. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, Phil's has a great backstory. I mean, I feel like there's coffee shops popping up on every corner and on corners of corners. But Phil's has one of the unique origin stories. And I'd love to start off, uh, tell us the story of Phil's. Yeah. So um, my dad's Phil, and uh, he grew up in the Middle East and moved to uh, the States uh, when he was around 15 years Mm -hmm. old. And he grew up from humble beginnings. You know, the family didn't have much. He's from the West Bank, correct? Yes. So he started, he he had to start working at a really young age. Mm -hmm. And the culture um, where he grew up uh, was very rich in community and neighbors and, and spending time together. So every night, you know, people would come over the house and mm-hmm. have coffee, tea, and food. And uh, the next night, the family would go over to a neighbor's house and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the the original social network is the coffee table. And uh, that is a, that's a principle that has stuck with him. So... Very cool. And but, is there like a, um, so he's, he was in the West Bank. Is there like a special Palestinian style of coffee that's unique or is it kind of standard? Uh, you know, ideas? every, every, everybody kind of has their own, own, own ways to do it. The mm-hmm. most important thing is that you enjoy, uh, you enjoy it. That's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. But, um, there is, there is, there's definitely some, uh, some ways uh, we we do things at our store that that tie back to our roots, and I can talk a little bit yeah, more about absolutely. about that. But he moved to the states and he started working and helping his brother who had a grocery store. And uh, he was you know sixteen, seventeen at the time, and mm-hmm. he started saving up money. And, and it's like in the seventies, eighties. Yeah, like seventies, okay. early seventies, late sixties, and. So he saved up enough money and opened up his own grocery store, mm-hmm. and he opened it went up when he was about 21 years old, and it was in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco on 24th and Folsom, and he became successful. He worked really hard uh, all day, every day, seven days a week, mm-hmm. and he loved it, um, but he wanted to do something more meaningful, and he didn't see the grocery store as uh, um, fulfilling enough, I mm-hmm. would say, um, so he loved coffee. He loved people. And as a matter of fact, when he was like 10 years old, he used to sell coffee door to door. He used to buy some beans from this (laughs) 
uh, guy who lived down the street from the house and just sold it door to door. So and he was born into the coffee world, pretty much. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he he decided he wanted to do something more meaningful and decided that uh, you know he wanted to focus on coffee. So he began experimenting with different beans from around the world. And the philosophy that he had um, is that the best coffee is the one that comes to your taste. So um, every, every, everything he experimented with was done uh, in a handmade way. So every cup was handmade, no espresso. Okay. Um, and that means that the beans were ground on the spot and we pour water over the beans and we stir it and we complete the cup for the customer. There's no condiment stand. So once he felt like he perfected his first uh, blend, he started sharing it with his regulars at the mm-hmm. grocery store. So he'd have this little corner uh, corner in the store where he'd say, call people after they paid and call them over and say, hey, come on over and try this coffee. I, I want you to, to enjoy it, and I want your feedback. And his regulars at the grocery would try it, and they were like, wow. This is amazing. Yeah, and everyone loves perks, a little special treatment. You know, it's very rare that a grocery store also serves you a special cup of like secret co- Oh, the secret coffee place. Well, we would have customers at some point getting, um, you know, a uh, um, uh, box of cereal, a gallon of milk, a pack of cigarettes, and a cup of coffee. So uh, it was, there, was a, there was a time where we would, we mm-hmm. would, we would sell coffee. We, we were selling coffee and we also had the grocery stores. It was a slow transition. Wow. And were you around at this time? Do you, do you remember like your yep. dad like, at the kitchen table at home, like doing kind of mad experiments with the different yep. beans and the coffee and. Yep. So, um, I, so I, uh, started helping my dad when I was about 10 years old mm-hmm. at the grocery store after school, I would go and help him and relieve him because he never took a break so he can go to bed uh, on the, in the couch, we had a couch at the store and he would okay. literally sleep on the couch and I would help him and stand on top of milk crates to ring people up on the register. And I'd have a guy who we knew sitting behind me to help mm-hmm. me out. Cause I was too young to sell alcohol. This is, you know, in the mission pre pre Silicon Valley kind yep. of boom. So I imagine this is a pretty you know gritty neighborhood. I imagine, or was it very, it, w- it was uh, quite different than it is today. Yeah. Um, it stills preserved some of that culture which is great but um it's 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 very different it used mm-hmm. to be uh, a, a tough neighborhood yeah. to, to work in but we knew everybody who lived there and mm-hmm. my dad used to give uh, a lot of the kids jobs like sweeping the store to keep mm-hmm. them out of trouble so there was a lot of respect for yeah it for says a lot if you, to, if you can safe enough to have a 10 year old work in the register uh, <laughs> at any grocery yeah. store anywhere yeah. that's, that's yeah. pretty wild so i've been doing that and i i uh, learned so much and at a I I disliked school. I started liking working more. I disliked school because I felt like I was forced to learn things I wasn't very interested in from people mm-hmm. who didn't inspire me enough. So I uh, never did well in school because I didn't apply myself. But I was very passionate about people, business, and learning. So I got books. Whenever I encountered a customer who I thought was smart or knowledgeable... I'd actually talk to them. Mm-hmm. I'd ask them what they did and try to get to know uh, their life experience so I can learn. So at around the age of 18, I was going to college. I left like after two weeks. And mm-hmm. my dad, that was, that, that was the transition time where the coffee was starting to take off and we were getting busy. At this point, you're still a grocery store that serves coffee. 
Um, at this point, we are like a 50-50 transition. Okay. <laughs> so we were removing aisles and mm-hmm. replacing it with furniture from our house. So oh, my wow. dad would literally take furniture from the house. <laughs> you know, we didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so he would take furniture from the house. And him and my mom would get into like a friendly argument. <laughs> He's like, Where, where's the kitchen table? He's like, well, I kind of had to take it for the coffee shop because, you know, we're growing and it's getting busier. So people, um, uh, yeah, and slowly we sold the tobacco license, the liquor license, mm-hmm. and then it became a full-on coffee shop. But if you walk in there today, you can feel the history. And um, what I was getting to is I, I left college and I started working full time and he gave me the opportunity at around the age of 18 to mm-hmm. run the business. Wow. He said, I, if, if you love this, which I loved it, I don't want to hand a business over to you when I'm in my deathbed. I want, I want to see you do it on your own mm-hmm. with my support now. So it was just one store and I, he gave me the opportunity to do that. And at that time it was just him and I working behind the counter 12 hours a day, seven days a week really just trying to um, uh, uh, take care of every single customer in the best possible way. Mm. And people would love it, and they come back. And before you knew it, on the weekends, we'd have lines of 20, 30 people. On the weekdays, we started getting busy. We started to have hire people. And before you know it, people were asking us to open more stores closer to where they live or where they worked. And we, we slowly, slowly did that. So um, we, uh, we, we started from the bottom. And uh, it... We love it. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. So I found the best way for you to buy travel. It's Upside.com. Here's why I love them and why everyone I tell them about loves them too. At Upside, you save money on travel and you get a free Amazon gift card worth $100, $200, even $300 every time. So you get savings and a big gift card free. Here's how they do it. It's all about bundling. Upside bundles your flights and hotel together for one low price. Bundling is the thing that saves a lot of money, especially on business travel. So they give you an Amazon gift card. Your company saves money, and you still keep all your miles. And right now, when you use the code Forbes, you're guaranteed a free $200 Amazon gift card your first time. The code Forbes gets you a guaranteed $200 Amazon gift card. How can you not do it? It's Upside. Save big on travel and get a big gift card every time. Upside.com. That's Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. What was the secret in terms of, you know, I imagine this is in the mid-90s, would you say? This, uh, yeah, late, no, more of a like late 90s, early 2000s. So okay. there's not a clear mm-hmm. line of when exactly Phil's coffee started, but um, it's roughly 2003, but we actually did not start growing uh, until 2006. Uh, we didn't even open our second store until 2005, six. Wow. So we're talking, but this is happening in, you know, around the, this is happening around the year 2000. Yep. And what was the secret? Because this is the time where, and I'm sure there were Starbucks everywhere yep. and there was that big push. And I'm sure a lot of other artisanal places are popping up. What made people want to go to your store and wait for 20 minutes online to get a cup of coffee? Yeah. Well, when, the wait wouldn't always take that long, but yeah. sometimes, you know, when it was at just it, him and I peak, working. Yeah. Peak, yeah. Um, every, uh, every single cup, um, is handmade. So, uh, there's no espresso. Um, you walk into a fills and in most coffee shops, you'd walk right up to the cashier, you order, you'd pay, and then you'd move to the side, wait, pick up your drink and leave. Mm -hmm. At Phil's, it's kind of turned around. 
you walk up and you don't start at the cash register because it's not about payment. Okay. You start and you walk up to the barista. You're talking to the chef who's crafting your coffee. And they are really great people. We take great care in hiring nice, mm-hmm. nice people. So they're really good people. And um, you interact with them and you order. And our menu board consists of secret recipe blends that my dad has spent decades working on. So they're available nowhere else in the world. And there's something for everyone because there's light roasts blends. There's darker roast blends. Mm-hmm. There's medium roast blends. You know, there's decaf if you want. And we... The customer would order, and we'd craft the cup on the spot. And then right after they order from the barista, they can head on down to grab some food, then pay for the drink. Mm-hmm. And then in a few minutes later, your drink would be called up by the same barista who made it. And then you'll walk back up, and they'll ask you to take a sip to make sure it's perfect. So we don't want anybody leaving until they're fully satisfied mm-hmm. because we wanted to personalize that cup and that experience for you. And it really results in your favorite coffee as a as a as a consumer and these aren't coming from urns right this is, is all pour over coffee yeah no urns it's all freshly brewed it's very comparable to pour over but we do uh, have a different style it's not it's not the slow circular pour and then mm. pause and then the bloom and we, we it's it's you know we, we we grind the beans we use a good amount of coffee we pour the water we stir it and we complete the cup for you. Whatever you want inside of it, we add. I, wow. I like to have my coffee. I drink the Tesora, which means treasure. It's the first blend. It's okay. nutty. It's got caramel undertones. It's rich. It's medium roast. I have four a day, and I have it with honey and cream. It will knock your socks off. <laughs> it's so good. And I have a good day every day because I drink four of them. I don't think I've had honey in my coffee before. I've had everything else. but Well, there are over four million. I've had whiskey, but no honey. Whiskey could be good. There are over 4 million ways to have a fills. We've calculated. This idea is great. Yeah. I mean, it's great. And it's interesting so, that it's so different than everything else you see everywhere. It's very different. It's stark different. Mm-hmm. We hand that cup of coffee to you. The person that made it, hand it hand, hands it to you and asks you to make sure it's perfect. And um, you, uh, you're, you can hang out. A lot of our stores are, our stores are personalized like our cup. Mm-hmm. So... We don't really have a formula for how we design our stores. There are certainly things we do that are the same in each store for operational reasons, but we believe that it's about how do we serve our customers best. Mm-hmm. So one cup at a, one cup is made at a time, personalized for each customer. One store is built and designed at a time in a way that best serves that community. Mm-hmm. So we're always asking how do we best serve the community. So an example is... Um, we have some stores near universities, so we want to provide great community seating, great Wi-Fi, a really great experience for that customer. Um, some good hangover cures, I'm sure, too. Yeah, okay. and you know, our our high volume stores where people are more time sensitive, you mm-hmm. can pre-order and uh, prepay and pick up your coffee and leave in seconds. Wow. In t- terms of design, are there any original uh, Jaber family uh, furniture floating around? Is this still a kitchen table? You know, one of the I think there's fills? a chair or two hanging around, but they've, you know, after all the customers sitting on them for many years, they're not, I don't think they're, uh, they, they survived. Lived. Yeah. Um, so take me through this. So you said around 2003, you guys became a full blown coffee shop. Roughly. Yeah. Roughly. And take me through this, you know, you're the CEO, you're young under, you're under 20 at the time, probably or in a little bit above 20. How did you go from that one store to how many do you have now? About 40. Okay. So take me through that. That journey. So uh, it uh, it was really one store at a time for the first, you know, 
five, ten stores, um, and it still is very much. But uh, we are really passionate about what we're doing, and there's I can't tell you how many customers reach out to us through email or through social media asking for a fills in their community, mm-hmm. whether it's in Chicago or New York, where we are right now. Um, yeah, when, pe- do you, when are you coming to New York? Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Um, and uh, I, will, I will let you know as soon as we know. Yeah. Uh, but um, people really love what we're doing. Anything that's uh, different is interesting. Mm-hmm. But anything that's different and better is good. So um, fills is different and better. And the reason why I think it's better is because it's not about fills. It's about how do we serve you best. And like anything, you might like pizza with pineapple on it. Mm-hmm. I don't like my pizza with pineapple I don't on either. it. It's the same. Okay. <laughs> so um, it's, it's really about crafting the perfect cup for each customer. And our beans have great quality. Um, and you can have the best quality ingredients in the world. But if, if you don't know how to put it together and serve it and present it in a way that makes sense for each person, then, um, you know, I don't think you're reaching the optimal, Mm -hmm. optimal service. So we're really about optimally serving each of our customers. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You know, at the Forbes interview, we understand that creating great things sometimes comes down to having the right support system. That's why we're excited to have WordPress.com as a sponsor. They've been supporting us behind the scenes for a while as home to Forbes blogs. We use WordPress.com every day. And let me tell you, whether you're looking to create a personal blog, a business site, or both, you'll make a big impact when you build your website on WordPress.com. Even if you don't have experience building a website, WordPress can guide you through the process. They have hundreds of themes to get you started. Just pick a template and make it your own. You'll get built-in search engine optimization and social sharing. When you build your website on WordPress.com, you're part of a community with support 24-7 when you need it. Come see why more websites run on WordPress than on any other platform. Get started today with 50% off any new plan purchase. Go to WordPress.com slash Forbes to create your website and find the membership plan that's right for you. That's WordPress.com slash Forbes for 15% off a brand new website. WordPress.com slash Forbes. And there's Upside. The smart new way to buy travel is Upside.com. You save money and get a free Amazon gift card every trip you buy. Use the code Forbes and you're guaranteed at least a $200 gift card your first time using Upside. Save big on travel and get a big gift card. Upside.com. Minimum purchase required. See site for complete details. Can you tell me more about how you guys evolved? Because this is a fascinating story. You know, your, your father was, is an immigrant to this country. Mm-hmm. Um, you hated school. You're a college dropout. Um, never, I assume, took any formal business lessons, although you've been learning from the real world since you were 10. How do you go from converting a grocery store into a single coffee shop, and then you, now you have 40 shops. You have to learn everything about sourcing and marketing and hiring and controls and accounting. Like, How did you learn these steps? Yep. It was hands-on learning, and it was really one step at a time. So starting out as a barista, I moved my way up to a store manager, mm-hmm. and then I moved my way up into someone managing multiple stores, and then I moved my way up into managing administrative staff and warehouse and roasting facility staff, and it's it's really been on the job while um, 
being very cognizant of what needs to happen mm-hmm. in the next few years. So always thinking ahead, identifying gaps in what I need to learn or what I need to know and closing those gaps. And the way I've done that is I've built a network of people uh, that I have high respect and admiration for and I'm inspired by business leaders of the world and they help me and they guide me and I'll sit down and we'll have a conversation and I, it's really rich. You get a lot of, a lot of, a lot out of it. And the other thing is I've been very fortunate to be able to find and hire really great people to mm-hmm. surround myself with. And we work together and, um, each person has an important piece of the puzzle and they're responsible for that piece. And, Together, if we all execute, we do a great job and we learn. So um, we also, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've raised some money along mm-hmm. the way as yeah. well. So we've done a few rounds of financing to help. And these are venture, this venture capital? <clears throat> yep. Are they, who, who are some of the investors? Um, so uh, Summit Partners was our Series mm-hmm. A and Series B. And then our latest Series C round was TPG. Okay. Were, these, yeah. uh, were some of these investors... Were they uh, Phil's fans originally and then decided to invest? Or did they... I can tell you all of them are Phil's fans. Both We have individual they, angel yeah. investors were they customers, in the saying, Were they customers first and then they became investors? Yeah, many of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and I mean, being in Silicon Valley, we've, we were serving these people way before you know, we've even talked to them about that. But this has allowed us to remove capital as a constraint mm-hmm. so that we can invest and grow in a way that allows us to preserve the quality and the culture, which is the most important thing. You mentioned you learned from a lot of great people in, in the Valley and in the industry. Who are some of your mentors mm-hmm. that have really helped out along the way? Well, um, well, my dad, first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, he, I've learned so much. I mean, we've... <laughs> dad, father, and son, it's not easy to do business, business together. Yeah, how, the, how does uh, that work, that dynamic? Um, uh, you know what? The most important thing is that we share the same values. Mm -hmm. We share the same vision. We know who we are. We know what we need to do. That's the most important thing. In terms of um, uh, our style or maybe way to get there, there's there's differences here and there. And that's where there's a little bit of friction and that's the family dynamic. But he's so supportive of what I'm doing and I'm so lucky to have him as a a father and a partner. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, what's his role now? We talk all, every day. He's yeah. very involved. In, but is, in he, of, is he chairman? Is he, is he officially have an official title or he's just Phil? He, he's Phil. Yeah. <laughs> of course, he's on the board. You know, and, uh, so another, another mentor um, that I have a high amount of respect for and is not just a fantastic uh, um, leader, but a great human too. He's got great character and mm-hmm. super creative. Uh, Ron Johnson, who's built the Apple stores. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's, Ron. he's on our board and he's a, a mentor. Um, and he is just, uh, he's fascinating. He's, he's remarkable. He's really, really uh, uh, intelligent and he's got a great, va- he's got great values. And, and hey, if you he's want doing to, a great thing right you now want, too. If you want to, yeah, if you want an expert in retail, you found the right person for that. Well, I don't have, I don't settle. I believe you have to go what you want. You go after what you want, mm-hmm. and it's okay if you fail, but you can't give up. So, I want to go and talk and connect and have a relationship with people I respect, that they respect me, and we believe that we can we can help one another in mm-hmm. one way or another. And uh, so, I think making sure you surround yourself with the right people who want the best for you 
and don't have alternative motives is really important, especially as you start experiencing success is when you're most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So you really have to know who you are. You have to know what you want. You have to partner with people who share that, share those values. And you, um, then you have to be open-minded. And my philosophy is that you have to be very firm on who you are and where you want to go, but you got to be open-minded and flexible on how to get there Mm -hmm. because you're not always going to have the right answer. And it's okay to, you know, go back a few inches or a few feet and then go forward a few feet. Um, as long as you're moving forward, you want to keep moving forward mm-hmm. and you always find, and you want to make sure you're on the road that you want to be on. Cause you don't want to be on top of a mountain that you never wanted to climb in the first place. So know who you are, know what you want, know what trade-offs you're going to give. Cause that's really important mm-hmm. and partner with people who, who believe in you. And if not, you got to have the philosophical discussion. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. The right workspace is more than just square footage. It's an incubator of achievement, a magnet for talent. Your workforce unleashed. For 160 years, Savills has been bringing real intelligence to global real estate, ensuring not just any space, but the perfect workspace. Because the most important dimension of a building is the human one. Savills. See what Savills can do for you at Savills.us. Here I'm walking through a field and I'm thinking about a girl just a few years younger than me that was stabbed to death. There are 120,000 unsolved murder cases in America, and each one is called a cold case. She said, I think my dad could be responsible. I think he killed them. These are some of those rare cases. Cold Case Files, the podcast. Don't miss a moment. Subscribe now on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or at podcastone.com. And don't forget to watch or DVR Cold Case Files, the TV show, every Thursday at 10 on A&E. This podcast is brought to you by Braintree. If you think that your payment system exists solely for the purpose of transferring money from a customer's wallet to yours, think again. Braintree, rethink payments. Learn more at braintreepayments.com slash Forbes. And speaking of partnering with people in, in the tech world, I heard a few years ago you guys catered a, a small, low-key wedding in Silicon Valley. Yeah. Can you tell, yeah. Me, that, can you tell me that story? Yeah. So we uh, have a uh, shop. So when Facebook moved their headquarters to Menlo Park mm-hmm. from Page Mill, we uh, got invited to open up a store there because some of the Facebook employees and a few executives were fans so they were wanted to fill in the was it in facebook or was in, it in facebook the headquarters okay. yeah and uh that was great and you know um there's uh what uh you know mark zuckerberg had, had his wedding and we got very fortunate and they invited us to do some coffee there mm-hmm. what was that like great <laughs> really good and yeah people enjoyed it yeah sure it must have been surreal and in terms of um you know, it's amazing that you have these fans and probably the, one of the hottest, most influential, you know, both job markets and just idea markets in the world. What role does being in San Francisco, what role does that have in your growth and kind of your popularity and your expansion? Like if this um, was in, if this was in Cleveland, Ohio, would Phil's be huge? Or is the fact that you have these fans like Mark Zuckerberg and Ron Johnson, and I'm sure hundreds of others that are on the forefront, uh, they're very wealthy, yeah. but also on the forefront of innovation and marketing and that kind of thing. What was that role? I think it certainly helps. Absolutely. Um, and the reason why it helps is because of the influence power 
uh, of the city. Mm-hmm. So the most important thing, though, is the culture and the uh, innovation and the uh, intelligence and the the forward thinking that we and, and a lot of others really embrace um, in the Bay Area mm-hmm. is very alive and healthy. And that uh, is really, um, number one, the talent. There's a lot of talent in the Bay Area. Yeah. It attracts a lot of great people. So we, that's a luxury. Number two is we're an influencer in the world. So that's a great luxury. And uh, number three is, you know, you are your environment and mm-hmm. being in there, uh, there's a lot of benefit you get at that in terms of uh, how to think about things, thinking bigger and, uh, um, you know, going after your vision. Mm-hmm. So I, I do think there's a lot of benefit. I do think, though, in the long term, at the end of the day, uh, if you do a great job, you know, people will vote mm-hmm. with their dollars. People will vote with their time. So at the end of the day, you know, if, if, you, if you just do a really great job with each of your customers and you stay true to yourself and what you offer is something people want or need or mm-hmm. get, get real value out of, I think that's, that's great. And what we give is not a cup of coffee. We, we, we uplift um, uh, people's days. And, and we do that. Our cup of coffee is really a representation of what we stand for, mm-hmm. which is authenticity, kindness, hospitality, love. Um, and it's very flavorful and delicious by the way. So, uh, <laughs> and when you, when you, when you order it and you get it and you have the full fills experience, we, we, we try to give the best possible service we can and, we don't allow our employees to wear uniforms. We want them to be themselves. Mm-hmm. We take great care in making sure we hire people with like-minded values. So you get a great experience um, because the people are nice. You're greeted. You're looked in the eye. And, uh, you know, at the end of that experience, we want you to have a better day. And at the end of the day, you know, we all have to take a moment in our days to give appreciation, to be thankful, and for ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've heard from a customer, you know, Phil's is not just a cup of coffee. It's a moment of repose. It's a moment of mindfulness. Mm. It's a moment of community. And, uh, you know, when I'm in line, it's an opportunity to say hi to my neighbor. So um, when you walk into a Phil's, there's just this energy that makes you feel comfortable. In San Francisco, it's not just people staring at their phones online for, uh, for 10 minutes. Of course there is. There are, <laughs> of course there is. Um, but there's also other things happening, yeah. too. Uh, but, and that's fine. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. How do you scale that? Like it's a, it's a special culture. It's a special service. Um, you know, maybe easy to maintain if you have that one store or three stores, even five, but as you grow to 40 stores in San Francisco and in LA and, and DC, how do you make sure that everyone has that kind of that little touch? The most important thing is making sure we hire the right people. Mm -hmm. And when we hire them, we take care of them through great training and culture and leadership. And the most important role to me is the store leader. Mm -hmm. Every store leader is the uh, CEO of their business. They're kind of like the fill of each door. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we don't even call stores. It's not store 30, store 20 or store in you know, Washington, yeah. D.C., it's Brandon's store. It's Cynthia's store. Mm-hmm. It's Ashley's store. 
So it's it's very personal, and you know we give all of our store leaders stock options. And these aren't and fran- these aren't franchises. You own all the stores. Right? Yes. Okay. No. Yeah. We we do. And uh, getting the store leader right is a really important uh, uh, part of the equation. So that's that's one. Um, and is store leader? You mentioned all this stuff. Like, is store leader a career? Because you know the. Every you know, food service or coffee service, even retail, tends to have a ton of churn. Um, are you able to keep people a lot longer and have them really build things up? Yeah, our store leaders uh, have great tenure here, um, so there's not a lot of uh, turnover in our in our leadership. Um, so, and that's because we really think of the role as a career. I want our store leaders to be in the store that they lead. Mm-hmm ideally for five or more years and of course grow from there to uh, greater challenges. But um, we really think of it as a long-term role, customer familiarization, building community, building your business. Mm -hmm. There's so much potential and it takes time. And uh, we really want to invest in, uh, in, in, in our store leaders and the communities they serve. And we think that the longer we can have the right person and the, as long as there's challenges, uh, the, the healthier. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. So a curious thing happened to FreshBooks on its way to becoming the largest cloud accounting software platform for small business owners in the world. As a company, they've managed to stay small while soaring to over 10 million users strong. Or is it the other way around? Has FreshBooks customer base soared because their company has stayed small? Named as a small giant on Forbes' list of best small companies this year, FreshBooks has been recognized for focusing on greatness over growth by drastically simplifying tasks like invoicing, tracking expenses, and getting paid online, and delivering award-winning customer service that usually picks up in under three rings. FreshBooks has changed how small business owners deal with their day-to-day paperwork. This is really only a fraction of what FreshBooks can do, and they want you to see more. To claim your 30-day free trial, no credit card required, just go to freshbooks.com slash Forbes and enter interview in the how did you hear about us section. Going outside of Phil's for a second, what is exciting in the coffee world right now? I feel like there's more coffee shops popping up everywhere, um, especially in New York and San Francisco, but what's exciting? What's the new trend? What do you what, what is getting you like stoked about just the coffee industry in general outside of you guys? Yeah. Um well, I I think it feels like a lot has changed, but I don't know that a lot has changed. I think uh, what you're seeing in general in, in food and beverage, which is fantastic, is um, a lot of people who are willing to take a chance and go after something they're passionate about, leaving their well-paying jobs to, you know what, I always wanted to open a restaurant yeah. or I always wanted to open a tea shop or a coffee shop and they're doing it and that's fantastic. Um, so I think we're, those are risk. Those are all risky moves too. Yeah. But without risk, there's no reward. No, I know. But you know, if you stay you know, opening you, a restaurant, one of the hardest businesses, we're all going to go one day. And if you're always playing it safe, you, you want to minimize regrets yeah. when you're on your deathbed <laughs> that I'm sorry to be dramatic, but you really want to minimize regrets and like, Money is, uh, time is finite. Money is not. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I really am inspired by people who are willing to take that chance and open up their business. But what, what you're seeing is the democratization of quality Mm -hmm. and it's happening in America's most progressive cities, um, which has given inspiration to a lot of places around the world. So the democratization of quality is going to be on the rise. So, 
where it was really difficult to find a high quality item a decade ago mm-hmm. or two decades ago. It's going to be easier, uh, more more economical, and faster. Uh, it's just the, the accessibility of quality is going to be much easier, and that's because of the uh, the power of the people and the power of passion. So uh, that's 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 what I'm feeling and seeing more, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's great. I do think though it's one thing to open up a place in a business, and it's another thing to grow it. Mm-hmm. I look at this of a framework of three, you know, a triangle, right? And there's the artisan, the craftsman, uh, the the person that's passionate about a product. Mm-hmm. It's really passionate. That's one piece of the triangle. And when you only have that, it's a problem because you need two other things. The second thing is business acumen. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the day, you know, your business is the fuel to your success. And without, without doing a good job, without making money, it's going to be very hard for you to attract and retain great people and for you to grow and give opportunity. Mm-hmm. So you got to have business acumen. And I don't see that uh, accompanied all the time with, with the artisan. And then the third thing is hospitality. Mm-hmm. So these are three points in the triangle that I think are really important um, for the people who want to grow their business. And I think there's a problem that, you know, being being big seems fashionable. And um, I think you got to have a deeper uh, mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it shouldn't... It, it 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 has to be real and you have to have these these competencies and these other ingredients uh, for sustainable long-term long-term growth so give me a couple of phil's coffee gro- like practical growth lessons for a second let's yeah. let's say that i'm the owner of uh bertoni's coffee shop okay. we all, we obviously serve espresso obviously but i, I have one chain <laughs> i make no yeah right i'm one i have one chain we make awesome coffee how do i get bigger what's give me some you said you know you need to know how to scale you need to have business acumen what are some of the big lessons that you've learned through through this yeah. that you could share to anyone whether it's coffee or whether you have a clothing shop or a, a hardware store um you know i always tie it back to the individual not what's needed to grow it's like you know what what uh so jim collins who's a great business guru and author uh told uh, he has a quote and he says what's the truth what's the truth of your ambition what's 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 behind it like mm-hmm. what's really driving what do you want and, and okay what you want what you say is one thing but why do you want it so first and foremost it ties back to what i was saying earlier is what makes you happy what do you lo- what do you love yeah but the, know, art, like, the artisan has that already because they've they've taken the risk they've opened up their own thing yeah but it's one thing to create and share that product with people, and it's another thing to scale the company. They're so, two different things. So how do, you, how, do you, how do you scale it? Um, well, first and foremost, I, it's, it's, a situational, it's situational, so it depends on the business. But the first thing is what are your strengths and what, what are your gaps? Mm-hmm. So knowing the gaps that need to be closed to take you to the next level. Mm-hmm. Right. So are you are you more of a product person? Are you more of a business person? Are you a generalist? What is the help you need? Who do you what are who are two or three people you need to begin surrounding yourself with so that you can build um, 
you can build a business and grow. But every business is different. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's a marketing challenge. Sometimes it's a growth challenge. Sometimes it's a financial challenge. How about you guys? What were some of the, the blind spots that you specifically went and had people help you out with? Making sure we, well, making sure we hire the right people. I mean, in the early days, I made some mistakes mm-hmm. and I have some battle scars from that. But uh, making sure you hire the right people um, is so important, especially leadership, because there's a high influence that leaders of the company have on the culture of the company. So Mm -hmm. making sure you, you know, we've hired all of our baristas on character, right? So there's a framework for hiring that I use. Mm -hmm. It's character, competence, and experience. When you grow, you need to add more ingredients to the equation. Mm -hmm. So you need to make sure you don't sacrifice on the character because that to me is the cultural alignment. But you also need people who have competence, who are able to think, who are able to problem solve. Um, And then you want experience. Um, But you want experience with open-mindedness too. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's to me the challenge is um, knowing who you need to hire when and knowing uh, which lever to to pull. and it's all there's variables because there some people can take you from one to uh, you know a to b and mm-hmm. sometimes it's hard for that same person to go to to c to d so you need to upgrade we're going to take a quick break we'll be right back this podcast is brought to you by braintree when it comes time to check out consumers have come to expect a wide range of payment options Or, to be more accurate, there are a wide range of consumers out there, and every one of them expects you to offer them their preferred payment method. Oh, sure, you can look at this as a hassle, but Braintree would suggest that you look at it as an opportunity. When you rethink your payments, it's easy to let your customers have it their way. Braintree. Rethink payments. Find out more at braintreepayments.com slash Forbes. And there's FreshBooks, which is a ridiculously easy-to-use cloud accounting software for small business owners that saves you time and gets you paid faster. Now used by over 10 million people worldwide. For your 30-day free trial, go to FreshBooks.com slash Forbes and enter interview in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Do you have like a whole process now in terms of hiring? In ter- is there we a, do. What kind of, what are the keys there? So we've translated our core values into characteristics and then translated those characteristics into actionable questions and assessments. So we talk with people and we have a great conversation with them. And by the end of it, we have a pretty good picture if they're Mm -hmm. going to be a fit based on all of our experience. Give me one. Give me a, give me a Phil's question. Uh, well it's, you know what it really starts with, you know, what are you passionate about? What do you, what do you love? You know, what are, what are, what has humbled you? You know, what are some of the biggest mistakes you've made? Mm -hmm. You know, um, what, what, uh, what strength are you most proud of? Give me examples of the most challenging time you have. So a lot of it's, it's the question is, is, um, you, you want to, the answer is always more important, you know, mm-hmm. than the question when you're interviewing someone. So, and it could go many, many different ways and directions. And, you know, my personal style is to, to keep it free flowing and mm-hmm. then pull it back and be more specific if I feel like I need to. What other kind of retail brands or consumer brands right now uh, are you looking that you admire? Like wh- wh- who's doing cool stuff that kind of catches your eye? Um, whether it's product, whether it's service, whether it's culture, like who do you, who are you looking to these days? Um, I think there's a lot of people out there that do a great job. Uh, I think 
I mean, obviously, Apple mm-hmm. uh, has done a, a really fantastic job in terms of quality store real estate and design. Uh, great service, great product. So obviously, that's 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 one I admire. Um, I haven't followed up on them much recently, but you know, uh, at least in the earlier days when I visited the store a little more often than I do, um, is Lululemon. I mm-hmm. Uh, thought the experience was great. It was authentic. They celebrated the community really effectively, and they've kind of gave good balance, good autonomy with with you know um, guidance. So that 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 was good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I admire I I admire um, what Starbucks has done in terms mm-hmm. of their uh, scale and consistency. You know, there's things I also don't really admire, yeah. <laughs> to be frank. But everybody has something. You know, everybody has something special. We're not perfect either. No one's perfect. Everybody has something special. So, those are a few. Uh, I, 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 I admire people over brands, though. Um, so there's always people behind every brand. Yeah. So trying to understand that is is more intriguing to me than just looking at the brand. Have you met uh, Charles Schultz? Is it Schultz? Schultz? Charles Schultz, the CEO of uh, Howard Schultz. Howard Schultz. That's uh, Charles. Schultz. No. Have you met Howard no. Schultz? Have you do you talk to other coffee people? Uh, here and there. Yeah. Here and there. Just in the community. Yeah. But not, is it pretty, is it pretty, uh, collegial or is it like, you know, do you know the guy from the, the founder of Pete's? The founder? No, he's not, or, or he's not C- around. But the CEO or? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every, every, yes. I mean, generally speaking, I think, uh, everybody tries to be nice. Um, are there big, like secret, are there secret coffee conventions that all the heads of the families get together? <laughs> not that I know of. Not that I know of, yeah. That's wild. And what um, what if you're a Phils fan? What can what are people what can people expect next? What's the, yeah. the big thing you're working? on? Obviously expansion, but what other features? Whether it's an app or or offerings yep. that people we're always to? figuring out how we can serve our customers better. But right now, it's it's also about how do we grow in the right way. So if there's a great community you want to see a Phils in, please just let us know. Feel free to tweet us, or you can even tweet me personally at Jacob Jaber. But um. Uh, we're, we're, I think, uh, you should look at Jersey, Newport in Jersey city. They're, they're dying for okay. a, good, a good coffee place. <laughs> well, you can order online in the meantime at philscoffee.com. We'll deliver right to your door. And, uh, will you make it for me online or no? Just the beans. Maybe if I'm close to you, but no, <laughs> no, I'm not, we're not going to not, not yet. At least maybe, maybe, maybe one day visit all the places you source from. Have you been to all these really interesting countries to see where the beans not, come from? And not, not of- yet. Not all of them. The, our director of coffee, Andy Trindle Mersh is, uh, that's a great title. She, I want to be the director of coffee. She, yeah, she is remarkable. She mm-hmm. is, she used to be on the board of the specialty coffee association and she's, uh, really fantastic and respected in the community. We feel very lucky to mm-hmm. have her part of our team. She's great. She's passionate and uh she has great relationships and mm-hmm. great knowledge and we we uh we're we're doing some great things for some of the farms we're we're supporting. Is she like an Indiana Jones of coffee that travels around the around the world looking at 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 uh plant plantations and roasters and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, I, we're hoping to do a trip soon actually. Um, and I can't wait mm-hmm. to go. Uh, but yeah, we're, we, we want to try to do a trip every year, or every other year. I mean, I think the coffee team will be doing that more often than, 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 than us, than myself. And finally, when you make coffee at home, how do you make it? Uh, so I start off with a typical drip. 
I I have Tesora at home, a bag of Tesora, mm-hmm. and I drink a cup, and then I go to the shop. What kind of machine do you have? Do you have like a just a drip? What's a drip? Auto drip, auto drip, where you just press the you know filter, grind it medium, press on, and it's just just a drip in a pot. Okay. And then um, after that, I hit one of the stores up, and I go grab a Tesora with honey and cream, and mm-hmm. that's like the real cup of coffee that I'm enjoying, because uh, I, I like. Uh, and the way we make it, it's just, it's hard to replicate. It tastes mm. really, really good in the store. So that's my second one. And then I'll have a third one typically before lunch. And then I'll have a fourth one typically after after lunch, maybe a couple of hours or an hour. So I'll have about four a day. And each cup of fills is strong. Yeah, <laughs> like so. we're not cheap with the ingredients and the beans. We really want to make a great cup of coffee. Wow, so what do you drink to go to bed? That's a question. Uh you know, uh, sometimes just water or, uh, you know, wine if I'm yeah, having a drink. Absolutely. Sure. Um, uh, but no, I, I, I drink a good amount of coffee, but I sleep pretty well. I sleep pretty well. I feel great when I, my dad actually drinks coffee before he goes to bed. He is a, he is a, <laughs> he is in it. He is in it full time. Yeah, he is. he is. So his nightcap is a nice, giant, strong cup of, of coffee. Yeah. Something like that. It's typically small. It's not not a big one. That works. Well, this is great. Um, thank you. We had Jacob Jaber, the CEO of Phil's Coffee, who might be coming to a town near you. Just don't be looking for a cappuccino because he's not going to help you. Jacob, thanks for coming to the show. Thanks so much. That's it for this episode of the Forbes interview. I'm Steve Bertoni. If you'd like to reach us, email us at interview at podcastone.com. Thanks for listening. At Farmers Insurance, we know every windshield collision has a unique sound. Beetle. Bird poop. Drone. Seen it? Covered it. Click for more. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance, Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. At the border. I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. At the roundtable discussion today in San Antonio, Texas, President Trump heard something he said he never heard before about life along the border. Many people are dying. And the danger of living here, unless you know exactly what you're doing, is tremendous. This is Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick. Where are the people in Washington to stand up for these children, these women, these senior citizens? Where are they? Bring them down. Mr. President, let the Democrats come down to Brooks County. Let them come to any of these ranches. Let them see these bodies. Let them see the skeletons. We have the photographs. Attorney General William Barr says he thinks spying did occur on Donald Trump's presidential campaign, suggesting the origins of the Russia investigation may have been mishandled. Scientists released the first image ever made of a black hole, revealing a fiery ring of gravity-twisted light swirling around the edge of the abyss. One scientist said science fiction has become science fact. I'm Ed Donahue.